Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you for joining me today. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking today about anger. Now, we all have anger, and we all know how anger feels, but I want to give you a different, maybe, perspective on anger, because anger is for survival, not for superiority. So if you can just think about that for a minute, that anger truly was given to us for survival. It's energetic. It helps us move mountains. It gets our adrenaline going. And so it is a lot within the survival aspect of our being. And so anger helps us do things we might not otherwise be willing to do. It also helps us, <coughs> excuse me, do things that are life-saving. And we take many times when we're angry. So I want you to think about this. It's for survival, truly not for superiority. It isn't to be used as a way to scare people, scare people into something or out of something, take advantage of maybe an insecurity or a weakness. Superiority is about uh, I'm above you and you are one down to me or two or three or 10 down to me. And so I'm going to use my anger to act superior, which would make you more intimidated if I needed to be called out, if I needed to be maybe taken down a notch. And so anger is intended to protect and ensure our survival, no matter the cost. Think about it. It gives firemen the energy to lift a car off a human, to confront a loved one about their dangerous or wayward behaviors. It takes some actual intense feelings to do that, to confront So many times, if you know you have to confront someone, I think maybe we're alike in this way, I really don't want to have to confront until it gets really bad, right? And so usually what's happening is the anger begins to build. Maybe it started out as irritating, annoying, or frustrating. Maybe I thought, oh, it's, you know, this never really happened, so I'll give them a pass. But usually what happens When there's a superiority issue, this is when someone is acting as if they can do whatever they want. 
They can't. They don't need to be called out on something. They don't have to fit in the box with the rest of humanity. And so this, there's this superiority edge to them that causes you many times to be intimidated, and you will maybe accept really bad behaviors. And so how about the energy that anger gives us when we have to confront a loved one about their dangerous behaviors or wayward behaviors? See, it's an energy that promotes our survival. When it's paired with fear, it can actually be a miracle working power by keeping us alive. So when we get really, really super afraid, this is when people do these survival um, behaviors. And they have this big story to tell after they've done it. It's kind of like, you know, I would have never thought I had to jump down that ledge onto a really small ledge in order to make sure I grabbed your hand and that you didn't fall down the mountain. And so when anger and fear are paired together, it really can be miracle working and it really can keep us alive. But there's always the opposite side. When anger and fear are paired together, they can annihilate a relationship because it's tough to come back to any kind of violence, even if it's just simply verbal violence or emotional violence. See, when it's misdirected or expressed without morality, it can be deadly. So let's look at anger. And, you know, many times you've you've heard me really use a word and have each of the, the, you know, part, each part of the word be meaningful. And so if we look at anger, I want you to understand an overview of anger when we look at it as an emotion. So anger is often defined as a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. And it's important to note that anger can be normal and is universal, universally a human emotion. It's not special to just a select group of people. Now, there are many instances and events in life that can cause someone to be angry. And typically, anger arises when someone feels threatened, disturbed, or otherwise interrupted from maybe a peaceful emotional state. So anger can also be combined with other emotions, just like we talked a little bit about when anger and fear are paired together. So other emotions might be things as jealousy, sadness, or hopelessness. So long-term or unmanaged anger can lead to negative effects on your life, but it may be possible to manage anger through methods like deep breathing, lifestyle changes, and therapy. Now, when we say, you know, deep breathing, I know it, you know, sounds kind of cliche, but here's the thing. Oxygen always absorbs adrenaline and anger, that emotion is full of adrenaline. So if you are getting angry and you feel yourself getting angry and all of a sudden your mind is racing as to all the reasons that you should be allowed to just take this person out. I want you to think about, maybe I should just take a really deep breath first and get some oxygen flowing in my blood and see if I can calm myself down a little bit, not necessarily to just ignore what happened, but to have some reason and logic when you go to address it. So this is where, if you're experiencing challenges, managing your anger, you might want to try like you're doing right here, listening to this show, maybe doing some online therapy, getting some support, and really maybe talking with someone 
about how am I managing my anger? I seem to be getting more and more angry more often. Or maybe you want to talk with somebody about, I can't find my anger. And because I can't seem to find the anger, or I'm afraid to feel the anger, or act in my anger, maybe I'm getting really mistreated more often than not. And so there can be mis, you know, many misconceptions surrounding angry, the anger, but you don't have to feel powerless to your anger. One of the most common misperceptions may be that anger is a bad emotion, that healthy people don't ever get angry. Now, anger may not always be a negative emotion, however, when someone isn't able to manage their anger in an appropriate way, harmful situations certainly can arise. So if we were to look at the psychology of anger and understanding the psychology of anger can maybe give us some insight into this very, very important emotion. So the states of anger can be generated toward a person or a thing, which maybe they perceive as having wronged them in one way or another. Anger may not always be negative, though. It can sometimes serve as inspiration for people to take action or to overcome certain fears. So if you've ever seen anyone that's afraid to jump off a high dive, right? We, we sometimes work them up and work them up. Maybe we say, hey, you're chicken. My gosh, you're, you know, you're acting like a wimp. Whatever it is that we're saying to egg them on to get maybe some intensity and some anger at what people are saying, giving them enough courage to jump off the high dive. So, of course, there can be drawbacks associated with anger, particularly if the emotion is ongoing or reoccurring for long periods. Maybe you know someone that their favorite emotion is anger, so they always seem to be angry and for something, one thing or another, and we're not even sure what they're angry about. But they've kind of picked that as their feeling state. Some people have a feeling state that is based in fear. They're always worried. They're always scared. They take things very personally. Maybe they're highly sensitive. And so you can understand that we have all these ranges of feelings, but we need to make sure we don't just camp on one and use that as our emotional state for the majority of the time. See, anger may lead to damaged relationships and actually a lower quality of life, and even health issues like high blood pressure. So the negative impacts associated with repeated and ongoing anger, you know, that may be some reasons why learning to manage anger is oftentimes believed to be very important. Because ongoing anger really is hard on your body. It's very stressful for your body, for your body to constantly be trying to absorb all that adrenaline. So what if we looked at some angry patterns? So patterns typically exist in many areas of our life, such as relationships, career choices, and others. Maybe the patterns as to how we wind down after work, patterns that we have that we've memorized and they become neural net in our brains, that we tend to do it automatically. And so if you find that you're constantly feeling angry around certain people or certain environments, it really could be a negative pattern that's requiring some change. Maybe you memorize that. 
maybe the person you constantly kind of put a wall up to or assume that they're going to be difficult, maybe they've changed. And maybe you need to let that occur. And so people in environments that are good for you will usually not cause you to feel constant anger and unhappiness, obviously. Sometimes we must make tough decisions that allow us to grow and evolve in the long term. And that may mean that we have to set some boundaries. And maybe we need to say, you know, every time I go hang out with those people, I walk away angry or upset or I'm in a bad mood or I'm overly sensitive. And so this is where we want to think about, hey, how is the environment affecting me and the people that are in that environment? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about anger and, you know, the powerlessness over it. But I want you to survive it and to be superior over it. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and really appreciate that you listen to the shows and that I have lots of listeners that take these shows very seriously. And I really appreciate that because this is how we change the world one person at a time, right? So we're talking today about anger and that anger is really for survival, not for superiority. So when we think about this idea that anger is not for superiority, what I'm really saying is if you have been around someone that uses their anger inappropriately as a way to stop you from talking, stop you from wanting to think or express feelings, stop you from disagreeing with them, or or feeling like they're putting you in that one down position, you know, that you really aren't up for what's going on. And so they kind of want to shut you down. So anger is not created for that purpose. Anger is actually this amazing, you know, feeling, this amazing emotion that is for our survival. Because if you think about how the, the, all these countries have been created, how these cities have been created, all these types of things that we have, many times it was because someone was sick and tired of the way things were. They were sick and tired of it. Maybe they didn't like how they were being treated. Maybe they thought that, you know, somehow we should take on that mountain and not share it with someone else because we want it for our family. Whatever that is, when you think about anger is really for survival. See, anger helps me to run as fast as I can if I'm in danger. Anger helps me to maybe take on a problem that I don't want to take on. Maybe anger helps me to say, you know, I want to stop doing that behavior. I am not liking the outcome and I'm sick and tired of doing it. Even though I learned it and it used to work for me, it's not working. And if I can get angry enough at that behavior and say to myself, I'm not participating in that any longer. Anger is the thing that gives me the courage and and the energy to be able to do that. So when we look at this, this anger as an, you know, an overview of anger and, and that it's an emotion, I want you to understand you don't have to feel powerless to your anger because there are many misperceptions surrounding anger. And one of the most common misconceptions may be that anger is a bad emotion. Well, anger may not always be a negative emotion. 
However, when someone isn't able to manage their anger in an appropriate way, it is harmful to the situations and the people involved. And it's very disruptive. And so what happens when you're around an angry person, you start to get agitated, the fight, flight, or freeze system in your brain starts to activate, and you start to not feel relaxed in any way, shape, or form. Well, that can also cause you to feel anger. So this is where we want to remind ourselves of boundaries, that this is where I end and you begin. And if you're an angry person, and I'm starting to get angry because you're acting in an angry manner, I might want to remind myself how many choices I have. Do I have to stay around this person? Can I walk away? Can I use the restroom? Can I go talk on the phone? Can I get in my car and drive away? There's lots of options if I don't want to be around an angry person. Now, when we look at anger and the psychology of it, we want to remind ourselves that anger can provide insight into an emotion. So the states, you know, anger can be generated toward a person or a thing, which you may perceive as having wronged you in one way or another. Anger may not always be negative, though. It can sometimes serve as inspiration for people to take action and to overcome certain fears. So one of the ways we know that countries have been overcome, we know how people have done miraculous you know, things to save someone's life, a lot of it is anger. This is what wars are about. And that gives the, us the energy to say, stop, that's not going to happen anymore in my world, in my life, in my house, in my community. And that's what anger can do for us. So there are some drawbacks that are associated with anger, though, particularly if the emotion is on, ongoing or reoccurring for long periods of time. If this is becoming memorized for you, that your anger is now a memorized state and that's kind of how you live, you just simply live angry, well, that can really damage relationships. It lowers your quality of life and it may even give you health issues like high blood pressure. So the negative impacts associated with repeated and ongoing anger can be reasons why learning to manage anger is often believed to be really important and really helpful. So I want you to think about anger and the fact that it kind of has its own patterns. Some of them are original to us. Some may be learned. So patterns typically exist in lots of areas of our lives, many times mostly in relationships, maybe in career choices, how we drive, how we walk through the grocery store, right? Where, do you start at one end and end at the other? Do you start in the middle? You know, do you go to the frozen food section where the ice cream is before you do the vegetables? You know, there's these patterns that we do, and we have patterns as to how we drive, how we pack things into the car. So we really want to think about patterns. So when I'm experiencing anger, it can be important to be really cognizant of the patterns and the roles they play in your feelings. One of the most revealing things about patterns may be that they provide insight into who you are, the choices you make, and whether certain changes may need to be made. So if you find yourself constantly feeling angry, maybe around certain people or certain environments, this could be a negative pattern that requires change. 
And you know what? The change might be don't go around those people and don't go to those certain environments. It might be impossible, though, if it's your family. So when people in environments that are good for you, they don't cause you to have constant anger and unhappiness. But sometimes we have to make a tough decision that allows us to grow and evolve in the long term. That may mean that we need to say no to certain things. It may be that that we go to the event, but we don't stay the entire time. Maybe that we show up late and leave early, right? So that we can maybe continue to contain ourselves and make sure that we are being the best version of ourselves. So if you find that you're constantly feeling angry around certain people or certain environments, could be a negative pattern that requires a change. People in environments that are good for you will usually not cause you to feel constant anger and unhappiness. Now, I know that's kind of a duh, you know, statement, but sometimes we forget it. Sometimes we have to make tough decisions that allow us to grow and evolve for the long run. So when we think about pitfalls of ongoing anger, this is where I want you to consider the definition in psychology of anger have generally been explored and very well documented. Even so, there's still many people who fail to realize the pitfalls associated with ongoing anger and discontentment. And anger can ruin opportunities, destroy families, prevent people from having experiences that would be good for them. It causes people to be less of themselves. It causes them to be more on edge, to be more guarded. So let's talk about this ongoing anger state in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And I want to encourage you, as always, to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We have lots of things on the website there for you. And I want you to take advantage of what we've created. And so today we are talking about anger. And that anger is not about superiority. It really is a defense mechanism to keep us safe. Now, unfortunately, many times our anger is what got us to an unsafe position. So learning how to manage anger and why our anger is showing up helps us dramatically when it comes to having a good outcome. And the good outcome may be the end of a relationship. It may be that anger gave you enough courage to end that relationship or gave you enough courage to say, I need to talk about this. This isn't livable for me, or I'm getting my feelings really hurt, and nothing I'm doing seems to penetrate and cause you to rethink how you treat me. So I want you to understand, you do not have to feel powerless to your anger. See, anger may be an inevitable emotion, but it doesn't mean that we're powerless to control it. When you have a grasp on anger, you can ensure that the emotion doesn't fester and become strong enough to control you. And one of the first steps in controlling anger simply is acknowledging the existence of it. Many people I have found are embarrassed that they feel angry. 
or they feel like anger is an anti-Christian thing or something, when we have all kinds of evidence throughout the Bible of anger, and God's anger, and why he got angry, and Jesus got angry, and recognizing that there are really important reasons for this feeling. So I want you to acknowledge the feelings of anger, and this way you may begin to assess them. When you assess them, you are better in control of them because you understand where it's emanating from, or at least you understand what to do with the anger until you know where it's coming from. So ask yourself, what's bothering you? Is it something about being threatened or scared? Did you get your feelings hurt? Was someone maybe rejecting of you? Were they maybe disrespectful to you? So it may not be challenging always to know why you're angry, but there's always a person, an event, a decision, or another trigger that sets the anger in motion again, if we're not careful. (coughs) Excuse me. So there are many strategies that we can use to manage anger. Now you've heard me say this so many times, deep breathing, removing yourself from the situation, making your own lifestyle changes are just a few. Ultimately, these methods generally involve getting to the root of your anger, which, you know, can be easier said than done, but it's often worth the effort. So learning how to express anger really helps you stay true to yourself while building honest and authentic relationships. So how do you know when your anger is a problem and what you can do if it is? Well, again, like we have been saying, anger is normal. Living angry is not necessarily normal, nor should it be, even if it feels normal. See, healthy emotion can be of great service to us in our relationships and the world around us. However, if it's handled badly, and when it is, it can be very, very dangerous. So sometimes we don't even recognize our anger, and it comes out maybe sideways. It comes out in all kinds of ways. So I invite you to consider the differences between well-expressed anger and poorly expressed anger. So there's a workbook that you can use, and we have this online that we've put together for you. And the questions that follow will help you bring more awareness to the role of anger and how it plays out in your life. So use this tool to help you identify how you typically deal with anger and evaluate it and the method that might be working for you or against you. So when you learn to express anger appropriately and stay calm when others express their anger, you create a safe space that deepens your relationships and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Now, this is an important concept for you to learn, that I can express anger appropriately and I can stay calm. That means I have to relax my body. It means I have to take some deep breaths so that I get enough oxygen to my brain so I don't go into that fight, flight, or freeze and really, really have a hard time and then explode. So I want you to really explore with me this idea of anger and why this is a very helpful emotion for you. And it needs to become your best friend. It's kind of like you have an arsenal, right? You have the happy, you have the sad, you have the angry, and you have the scared. And all of those four feeling groups need to be used appropriately and integrated with one another. So that if I'm super sad and got my feelings really hurt, 
I don't want to immediately jump to anger, right? I want to be able to say, hey, I'm upset about how you interacted with me. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about anger and what we can learn from it. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And if you are just tuning in, I want you to make sure that you go to my website and you can download this show as well and you can listen to it or your favorite podcast server. It will be up there as well for you to take advantage of. So we're talking about this issue of anger. And when we explore the word anger, like an acrostic, if you know what that means, it means that we kind of put a word vertically and make it horizontally, and we use each of the words, each of the letters in that word. So if we look at an acrostic of anger, what do we find? And I like to do this because it helps me see it in a different way. So when anger is done right, it can be awesome, right? There's the letter A. It can be awesome as it paves the way for deeper connection. How about this? The next letter in the word anger is N. It can even be nice if you speak your truth with kindness. And then the next letter in the word anger is G. And so this says it can result in good as you seek win-win solutions. The next letter would be E. Well, that means it creates energy as it frees you up to move forward. Instead of getting stuck in your anger and feeling like you can't keep it in, this entire process helps you to feel free and to move forward and to be able to say things like, I'm taking a break. I need to rest for a minute. I need to clear my head. I'm not, I need to not do this conversation right now and I will come back to it. And so the last letter of anger is R. So you become more real when you're honest with yourself and others. So I want you to practice that. I want you to practice The A in anger being awesome. That, hey, I have the ability to energize my life and others. And then the next letter, N. I can even be nice about it. And I can speak with truth and kindness. And then the third letter of anger is G. It can result in good, as I really work on finding win-win solutions. And then E, it creates energy for me. So I can use that energy to really synthesize what I'm saying and to really give someone that idea that I mean this. This is important to me. And then the last letter being R, it helps me become real. All of a sudden people are saying, hey, she's a real person. She has feelings. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good, scared sometimes, happy sometimes, angry sometimes. But I'm, a ma- I'm managing those emotions well. So I want you to think about that, that when we look at anger done right, that's what it can appear as. But let's look at the acrostic as anger being done wrong. Well, the A for anger can be aggressive. I can be aggressive with my anger. And if you fight only to win and refuse to listen, it's going to really be a problem. Because then let's look at the N in anger. 
It can affect nothing. If the resolution or change is not the goal, then guess what? It becomes greedy. So there's the G. And if we look for the E, we understand that greedy is only wanting to get our own way. And it can be too easy. In fact, rather than taking the time to work through the problem, I just dump it on you. So the other thing is my anger, the last letter of the word anger is R. It can feel so right. And I can feel so self-righteous when I'm unloading on someone and losing my emotions all over that person. So let's think about this. There's some questions that I have that might help you become more aware of situations when you express anger well, or where you may have to make some room for improvement. So we know that all anger is neither good or bad. It's how we handle our feelings, what we do with them. It can be good or bad. So how do you handle feelings, especially anger? And what problems come from mishandling your anger? Are you considered aggressive? Are you considered passive? Then we also have the passive aggressive approaches. So what can anger turn you into? What kind of a person would you become if you give yourself over to anger? You may want to ask your friends or family and say, hey, you know, you know me well enough. You've seen me be angry. What does my anger feel like to you? And so I want you to think about this. Problems come from mishandling anger and consider aggressiveness, passiveness, and how frustrating that can be. How about the passive aggressive approaches? What can anger turn into for you? So I want you to think about this. Describe a time that you've witnessed anger done right. What did you like about it? What did you kind of revere? What did you say? Hey, I want to be that person. They are super angry, I can tell, but they are really handling themselves well. So I want you to think about this, of, the, of coping skills, talking to yourself before engaging with someone else. It's a great coping skill. I've used this many times if I've had to confront a client, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, whoever, someone working for me. I've really worked on this to make sure that my anger is done right. So when I know that I've done it right, that helps me to then really make sure that then I can guarantee the relationship is going to thrive. So when you're thinking about this, what does anger turn you into? So do I maybe, I don't know, sprint, leave the room? Do I swear? Do I just shut down completely? Do I change the subject? What do I do? when I'm starting to get really angry. So before engaging with someone else, I would really recommend that you journal, you walk around, you talk to yourself. I've done this in, in my own life. I've talked to myself in the mirror so that I can practice how I want to say this to someone. I can see my facial expressions, my body language. I hear the tone of my voice, the rate of the speech. And I begin to say it in a way that, hey, this is getting my point across. I'm not throwing myself under the bus. I'm not being passive aggressive. I'm really saying what I need to say. And I plan those interactions because I want them to end well. And so you can do, you can do some journaling ahead of time. I really recommend walking 
and talking out loud to yourself. Now, in today's world, no one's going to care. They'll just think you're, you're on a cell phone or something. And so what, what works for you? And if you've ever enjoyed the feeling of unleashing your anger or mishandling it in some other way, I want you to think about, wow, that really doesn't work. Because then you end up needing to gossip or you want to deny it. Or maybe you make a martyr of yourself instead of just taking responsibility for the fact that I did not handle that well and I need to apologize for it and find a way to redo it. So if you've experienced satisfaction from utilizing anger well, like for positive purposes, then how does this satisfaction differ from the easy pleasure of mismanaging or not managing anger? You know, just... The, the, the easy way to do anger is to just act like a toddler, right? Or a teenager. We have lower expectations for toddlers and teens. But for adults, we want to think about, wow, it's easy to mismanage or not manage your anger, but what's the after effect? And so what anger-based behaviors, which include adult temper tantrums, argumentativeness, disrespectfulness, violence, gossip, withholding affection, unhealthy denial, cruelty. See, these, these maybe are struggles for you personally. And I want you to ask yourself, do I get argumentative because I don't want to take responsibility? Do I start to call somebody out on their stuff because I don't want to address that I didn't handle anger well? Do I get violent? Do I throw things? Do I yell at the top of my lungs? Do I swear? How about maybe I look really good while, while I'm going through the motions, but as soon as it's over, I gossip to everybody else I know, and I tear down the people that I had the anger problem with. Maybe I withhold. Maybe I deny. Maybe I make people feel crazy, like they don't know what they're talking about. And I say to them, I didn't do that. Where did you get that from? And see, what are the biggest struggles for you personally? What, what would it be like for you to face your anger? To learn to face life differently? Would you manage your anger differently if you could own it in a healthy way? Like as we're talking about this, how can you manage your anger well? See, anger, that emotion is a gift. And that gift is to keep you alive. But I don't want you to think that everywhere you go and every person that you're interacting with is somehow scary that you need to defend yourself from. So I want you to own your anger. Is it unhealthy or is it healthy? Do you know the difference between healthy anger or unhealthy anger? So when you're ready to shift the way you express your anger, so you can experience the positive effects of solution-oriented conflict resolution. How'd you like that word? That was a long statement. (laughs) Well, I want you to follow these steps. First and foremost, I want you to be honest. So I want you to speak truthfully from your heart. I want you to be kind. Instead of blaming or name-calling, using phrases like, well, when you da-da-da-da-da, or, you know, I feel like this, or, you know, you, you talk out of both sides of your mouth, like I start accusing people. So I want you to not do that. I want you to give it time to unfold. And that means we're going to slow everything down. If we're angry, maybe we need to take two steps back physically just to give us some space. 
and you give it some time. So you breathe through your emotions before reacting and allow others to do the same. So you say to them, hey, take your time. We have time. I want you to really think about what you want to say or what really was happening with you. I'm very interested. So we listen. See, just because you feel something doesn't make it true, right? We've talked about this so many times, that feelings are very real, but they may not be true. So you take time to truly listen to the other person and empathize with what they are thinking and feeling. Now, empathizing with someone and listening doesn't mean I agree, right? It simply means that I'm acknowledging what they're saying and how they feel. So then we want to really seek a win-win solution. So instead of the quote-unquote my way or the highway approach, I want you to look for a way to compromise whenever possible. I don't want you to go against your value system just to get along. I want you to be able to say kindly and assertively, I can't do that. that that's, that's not right. That's not right for me. Let's think of another thing. How could we do this differently? So I'm hoping this really helps empower you to express your anger well and to have deeper, more authentic connections in your life. And I'm really excited about this new book that I've finished. It just is kind of now going through the whole process. So I hope this, this helps empower you to express your anger well and to have deeper, more authentic connections in your life. And I want you to stay tuned for more helpful advice on communication, relationships, and conflict resolution in my upcoming book, Wars to Peace keeping relationships from going nuclear. Have a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you soon. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be